All right, guys, welcome to the first uh, podcast we're doing. It's sort of non-live one like I'd normally do. We haven't got a name for it yet. We've been uh, trying to figure that out for the last hour, and we've gone backwards more than forwards. So that's sort of on pause. So at the moment, it'll just be the Taranaki Long Range Shooting Podcast. Um, and tonight, we've got Jeff's come all the way down from Auckland. So Jeff from the Gun Rack. Uh, he's our first guest, and it's the first time he's able to come out since COVID locked everyone down. And then my co-host here, Mark, who I, uh, some of you know, um, very experienced pig hunter, among other things. Uh, but I'll let them sort of <clears throat> talk a quick bit about themselves real quick, and then we'll sort of get on to a few topics. Right, Jeff, so you, sure. how you got, you know, what you like to shoot and carry on like right. that. Thanks for having me on. Um, what I like to shoot, um, practically anything. Um, you know, a little bit of pistol shooting. A um, little bit of long range, a little bit of hunting, a little bit of small war, a little bit of everything. Yep. Um, the <coughs> business that I've built up in the gun rack started as a blog as I explored guns and tinkering with them and buying cheap stuff and then spending lots of money on it and then telling other people how to do the same thing. Um, and it's ended up being more focused around long range stuff yep. um, and nicer hunting guns. I think they're nice anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's, that's probably where I'm at at the moment. Nice. Yeah, so we were lucky enough to get out today and do a bunch of shooting, actually. We shot all day. Gongs. We shot out to a mile. You slaughtered a bunch of pests. Shot yep. your first pigs today. First we're going yeah. to go out later on do some thermal pig hunting. So it's been pretty cool. Um, you might even get to shoot his first possum, uh, which is bizarre for us country boys, but city guy. Yeah, and then, so, yeah, Mark, so tell us about what you do sort of with firearms. and It's a lot more day-to-day for you with your business. Yeah. I'm an occupational shooter, as they would say in Australia. So um, pest control is a big part of what we do. It's a farm that's been 1,100 hectares and about half uh, bush, so we've always got plenty of pests, mainly possums, feral goats, pigs, uh, deer as well, occasionally. Um, so yeah, which has sort of led me to have a reasonably wide array of um, firearm choices and selections in the cupboard. So, And I've also got into hosting um, shooting events and sort of contributing to the local culture and that of the gun yep. aficionados, um, getting more of the long range stuff over the last three years, which has been good, um, but certainly no, <coughs> enjoy um, trying new guns out and, and new calibres as well. So Yeah, so for those of you who don't know, Mark, so the majority of the events we do are at Mark's property, so without him being overly gracious, we wouldn't be able to do a lot of the events, like the RTD Long Range Challenge and Gong Shoots, and even a lot of the shooting I do past 600 metres, it's up here. Um, we've got targets around the place. It's, it's pretty good, actually. Um, and I even get to shoot some of his cool guns sometimes. Um, yeah, so no, it's cool. So a bit of a different spread. So tonight the idea is to talk maybe about <clears throat> getting into long range or medium, you know, practical field shooting. Not necessarily um, nothing too intense, but uh, hunter-type competitions and um, and then the, the open-class stuff. But more the practical-type shooting, not so much the full bore or, or that kind of thing. Because um, I know when I got into it, I I definitely got steered in the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. Um, the people who gave me advice were also learning. Um, they were just a year or so ahead of me. And I bought big calibers, heavy yeah. recall, didn't know how to reload. Those calibers didn't have good factory <clears throat> options for ammunition, um, for precision. Um, and I just was chasing my tails, spent a fortune. And it never worked out that well. Um, whereas now I do things a lot differently. Um, so, so what was your sort of first precision gun, Jeff? Uh, 
bit of a lead up to my first precision gun. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the first centerfire rifles I got was a Husqvarna um, a, a small ring Mauser. Yep. Sporterized, and I, I played with it and did some stuff with it, and eventually switched to another 6.5 Swede, which is uh, that Tika over there. Yep. I might uh, be able to pull it out where you talk. Yeah, cool. And that's actually that's got like one of the first scopes I bought on it. It's still dying back <coughs> in the states, but full over barrel suppressor, which is you know not very common anymore, and is yeah. really heavy. Um, but this was supposed to be my hunting gun, and I was already reloading, so I thought I could get a bit precise with it. Yeah. And I chucked it in the chassis, and it did okay. Yeah. Um, I shot it at F class ranges, and it, it oh, in its hunting configuration, it shot at a thousand yards, and people were like, oh my gosh, what are you shooting? That's amazing. <laughs> And then I came back with it strapped into a chassis and it double grouped at 600 and I was so deflated. Yeah. Um, and then I, I have a bad habit of just researching like really obscure rounds, trying to get the most out of something. Yeah. Um, and so I, I got a Hauer uh, long action, it was a 270 fifth barrel. Yeah. Um, and built a 284 Winchester. It's either going to be 284 or 280 um, Ackley. Yeah. And 284 seemed to be a good compromise. I like the history of the cartridge, how it's developed, uh, the standard bolt base, etc. Um, and yeah, that's what I did my first uh, long range shoots with uh, yep. around here. And it seemed to do really well. It, it kicked a bit compared to you know, people running 308s and 6.5 Creeds and what have you. But well, you don't run a break. You don't run a break, do you? No. Um, so, no break, no suppressor. It's not even threaded. And I don't want to screw with it because it's so accurate. It's so good. <laughs> yeah. And and if I leave it as is, I, I could shoot F class or I could shoot anything I want to with it. Well, you were the only one at the TD Long Range Challenge in 2019 that hit the 1300 meter target. I think it was the Pretty only one without a muzzle device as well. Yes, and you were the only one to get on that. So. And that's for the 280 AI. Uh, 284. 284. 284 Winchester. Oh, yeah. 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 No, so it's good. It's, it's all set up nice in NDT uh, ESS at the yep. time. It's lovely. Yeah, nice and it was uh, the PST Gen 1, I think, on it yep. at the time, or Gen 2, can't remember. Yeah, I think it was Gen 2, because you shot Tarata with it yep. several months earlier, didn't you? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, when you all come and stayed at my place. Yeah. And so now you've sort of built a newer rifle also? So, two. So, once I, I kind of experienced um, having essentially the wrong gun for a medium range shoot but yep. a good gun for a long range shoot i realized i wanted to have specific guns for specific <clears> things yes so different tools for the toolbox yep. exactly so i've got a 260 acme improved which, which I, I built with some help from uh, target dynamics yep uh, it's a nice gun yeah it's sweet it's in a, a boyd stock i've tartened it up and yep. it's got arc rails and all sorts of things and it's, it's just fun to play with yep uh, very accurate very fast um easy and cheap enough to load and that's kind of I see that as my up to 800 yep. meter gun and then I've got the 284 which is kind of middle of the range and then I've got the 300 wind mag which I've recently built which is if I was going to a dedicated long range shoot I would take that yeah well it's accurate too we were shooting it out to a mile today yeah. with relative Happy ease enough. with mm-hmm. seventh round and on, a, on it a mile uh, yeah, although the first three or four rounds, I was probably out of full rotation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I wasn't going to bring that yeah. up, but, um, um, so yeah, yeah, no, so, that, yeah, and I've, I've shot most of them, I don't think I've shot you at 284, but they're all nice guns, mm. um, the, two eight, uh, the 260 AI I like, yeah. um, that's a cool cartridge, and, and that 6.5, it's, it's, like you say, good for that, um, that medium distance, 
that exactly. thousand meters and then or eight hundred meters and then whatever you choose and <clears throat> and cheap components and cheap and three hundred one megs twice the powder. So yeah. looping back a bit, what happened to over barrel full suppressors? Did they? I don't know. Was it a? <clears throat> it was a thing for a while. I know I had several mates who had guns that were had over barrels, you know, full suppressors. I get. I, I'm I'm stabbing in the dark, but I imagine so. A lot of people are obsessed with weight now, even for general yeah. use hunting guns. Mm. <clears throat> so I imagine it's the weight issue. Um, yeah. And that, that's like full stainless steel. That's yeah, you could, right. yeah. I'd say that's got something to do with it. And, and also, because New Zealand seems to be on the forefront of technology with mm. suppressors, in my opinion, some of the modern DPTs and Hardys and Stealth are um, well, Stealth foreign, but how compact they're getting and they're getting similar um, performance. Performance, yeah. yeah so I'd say that's partly to do with it so you can have a suppressor that weighs a couple hundred grams rather than and also you can pound. switch that between different guns that was my next thing I thought you know. essentially you can swap them over yeah, yeah. it's the same three and everything the way you go I've got one that can fit on three, three of my guns yeah the Browning Morale 300 Win Mag and one other 300 yes. Caliber so you save yourself it takes the same suppressor so you save yourself $800 and it's a Magnum suppressor for a start so it's probably better on a yeah. A lower powered gun, yeah. anyway. So. Although that that Swede, like we're shooting it today, I would I would shoot, shoot the medium range competition with it. Yeah. I'd prefer a slightly different optic, but I could still work with that. Um, yeah, I'd be comfortable shooting that in a hunter glass. Yeah, yeah, oh, no, yeah, it's nice, and um, I guess it depends how many miles you're doing whether you want to carry around that heavy suppressor all day. But yeah. that's neither here nor there. I've tricked that thing through the comics. Yeah, a few times. It's yeah. not pleasant. Yeah, by the end, I start out. I start out the day going. Oh, why is everyone going on about weight? That's fine. I can carry this all day. And by the end of it, like, oh, I just want to drop this behind a log somewhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, nah, the weight, yeah, I, I was similar on weight until I kind got lost on a hunt. Not lost. I thought I'd take a shortcut and had to climb this. It was a mountain, actually. And by the time I was ready to throw my pack down, like down the hill and just leave it, you know, I'll just buy all new gear. But, um, no, you're right. I think it's, it's, it is getting more popular lightweight guns. And even some lightweight guns in precision shooting. Um, but anyway, so Mark, your what was your first precision rifle? You don't do as many comps as us. You do several now. No, it's probably a Winchester Model seventy two four three. Yeah, long time ago. <clears throat> and then I went up a stage to a um, a Ruger Mini thirty because the ammo was cheap, seven point sixty by thirty nine. Yep. So I won't say that's a precision gun at all, but um, can't be. <clears throat> I ended up spending more money on ammo on that thing because you just seemed to burn through it. Yep. At a rapid rate, burnt the barrel out in about three thousand rounds with ever, without ever cleaning it. So yeah, corrosive ammo. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> of course. Man, I bet that was. I wonder good. why I couldn't have a barn door. You know, yeah. going on a seeker it's hunting smooth, trip. And oh yeah, yeah, he took the smooth bore. If the deer was standing in front of me, I could shoot it. But after that, it was pretty much um, good luck to the deer. So. Yeah. No, but after that, I um, essentially was away for a while came back and um ended up with a 270 which has ended up being my night vision yep shooting gun which so we'll be using later on tonight pulsar thermion on it so yep. um reliable tika t3 so yeah enjoyed that had that set up for a while shooting longish but then you know it's like anything four years ago what i thought was long range was um nothing like what we're shooting now sort of thing so well yeah we're shooting been yeah. shooting a mile every friday for the last nearly a month so and it's improved my shooting at all ranges, so that's the whole thing. Yeah. Pushing it out the limits of where you're shooting just makes it a lot better with every gun you use. So yeah. yeah. Um, my latest um, one I'm interested in is the two two four Valkyrie, so which is a bit newish and obscure, but um, enjoying that low recoil, quite.
quite good on um, Feral Clovers, Birds. Apparently. Yeah. Clovers. <laughs> yeah. Clovers as well, yes. <laughs> so, yeah, no, that's sort of uh, where I've come from. Um, got a few precision builds that I've done. I tend to stick to pretty much factory stuff. Yeah. See how it goes. I mean, as they say, we're in a bit of a golden age for guns in terms of quality coming out of most of the brands is, yeah. is pretty good. 100%. So you got a T1X, another T1X, sorry. A Tika T3X TAC A1. Yeah, TAC so A1. Yeah, that's Creedmoor. a nice rig. So yeah. I, I ordered it in 308 and it turned up in 6.5 Creedmoor. Well, are you happy about and that? And back then, I, <clears throat> to be frank, I didn't know what it was. <laughs> <clears throat> but in hindsight now, I'm reasonably happy that that's, you know, my decision at the time was 308 had a lot more versatility and loads and mm-hmm. availability of ammo and reloading and all that sort of thing. But, um, in the time since, you know, Creedmoor's obviously gained in popularity and all that sort of palaver that goes with it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then Ab bought a Ruger Precision Rifle on 338 Lepua, so Yeah. And that's been um, entertaining to shoot. Yeah, it's um, good. It's, it's working out very visitors well. Visitors to the farm seem to like it, so, yeah. Yeah. The goats don't. No. <coughs> no. Yeah. And what's the furthest you've shot a goat so far? Uh, six... Hundred odd. Well, that's yeah. not bad. It's not too bad. Um, no, closer than a bit further than the goat you shot today. Yeah, like five meters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was <laughs> with the four fifty Bushmaster, but um, which I'm testing out subsonic on, which I just just arrived in the country. So from Hornady, which is three ninety five grain. Um, it's not bad. It reduces the recoil quite a lot. Yes, and, it's much nicer to shoot than yeah. the supersonic. And because um, it's a pretty short barrel, the Saruga Ranch. With um, an RPR break on it, 16 inch barrel. Yeah, it's not not flash. If you leave the earmuffs at home, it's not a happy night. <coughs> yeah. Are you gonna Are you gonna get a suppressor for that? I am actually. Yeah. It'll be um, quite nice suppressed. It would be. Yeah, that would sort of round it out in terms mm. of actually being able to use those heavy subsonic bullets. Yeah. And um, have it quite quiet. Yeah, it's a good gun just to tidy up. You know, pigs at short range and that sort of thing. Yeah. What's well, that? Even the the 395 um, subsonic rounds are. They're accurate enough at hundred out of hundred meters. Yeah, which um, we tested today, didn't we? And, um, yeah, they were fine. Shooting this, you know, work out the graduations in the scope. Yeah. Away you go. It's, you know, shooting a lot less flatter, obviously, but. Yeah. Still hitting with a whack at that distance, so. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they, if, <clears throat> at what distance they expand to on game. Yeah. Like you know, reliably on 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 small body goats and. Yeah. So they a pig shield probably expand it quite well. Yeah. Whether it punch through it, I don't know. Yeah, well, they're all the Hornady projectile. It's designed to expand at low velocity, so um, yeah, they seem to have put out a few other different uh, loads recently. Thirty thirty and even three hundred eight. I think they've put out subsonic loads. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Factory. Yeah. No, I like it. It's quite nice to shoot actually. Um, yeah, and then so yeah, that's the most of your precision guns and yep, most of the other hunting stuff. So um, oh yeah, my sort of mostly hunting gun for deer, and that's a. Browning Hills Canyon, six five Creedmoor as well. So yep, um, long barrel one. So yeah, well, that's sort of a, a, a blend of a precision and a hunting gun, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. And I certainly <coughs> like the BDX scope and rangefinder system on it. So that's yeah. been good. The Sig Sauer one. So yep. it makes a big difference. Um, doing quick shots and that sort of thing at range. So yeah, especially if there's a lot of goats. Mm. Yeah, there's nothing worse than trying to range and then work your doe for doe when they've moved. And yeah, yeah, it's the thing we have here. We you know. If you range a hill, <coughs> they can be starting at 200 and end up 450, 500 at the top sort of thing. So Yeah, yeah, definitely. To be able to do that on the fly makes a big difference. Yeah, yeah. 
so that's good so as for myself i sort of i started with a of all things a 300 winchester mac no i'm gonna i'll take that back i i borrowed a 243 off my father-in-law mm. for the first gpre event i've heard about got sort of coaxed into going yeah you know, i didn't do particularly well as you can imagine i didn't understand <clears throat> even bdc reticles didn't make a lot of sense to me no idea about dialing but i got into it so i bought a 300 win mag a, a remington 700 long range big heavy thing yeah. they don't even come threaded so you can't like it's and like, i didn't know where to get my barrel threaded for or a breaker or suppressor that seemed like just nothing i knew how to get done and, and yeah fighting so that's the heavy barrel yeah bell and carlson bell and carlson you've yeah. got a yeah. similar room mag the same yes, I, have, I inherited that from a scope buy on trade me yeah <laughs> and um yeah and and but like it was just, it was too much gun for me like now it'd be okay it's not exactly what i'd buy but well, you still wouldn't turn it around for a comp like that though no i'd rather not i don't think it'd give me an advantage over a lot no. of the smaller calibers um and then i sort of progressed and then i i ended up getting a six point creedmoor um a bagara b14 hmr um which you see all the time on my uh the stuff i make we're shooting it today mm. Um, it's yeah, the gun you heard the most out here, probably. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's fantastic. It's my go-to gun. Like if I if I'm going to shoot a comp, because sometimes I'm silly and take an odd gun, and it always shows my results. Yeah. But I still do it. But yeah. but if I just take my six five, I can shoot factory American gunner ammo. It's it's like two bucks a shot for ammo that is consistent enough to shoot out to a K, in my opinion. And I yeah, can, I've used it as well. It's good ammo. Yeah, it's fine, and it's and it's reasonably it comes in 50 packs so it's like a semi bulk buy like it's not as, i don't find it as good as the match no. but it's significantly cheaper um and i can sort of scrape in a, a top 10 at a like a north island level competition like my best is a i got sixth at tarada uh, a couple of years ago mm-hmm. i got seventh at how tapu um this uh january just gone and, and this against some good shooters so i'm pretty happy with that and that's just a straightforward gun i bought off the shelf at i bought it off hunting and fishing years ago you know it, easy peasy um so that's where I, I wish i had it gone at the start yeah like i'm not that worried that i spent the money like that, that money's it's come and gone but it's i think i could have got learned a lot more faster knowing that i didn't i was under the assumption i needed the mm. big bullet going super fast to shoot a long way but you've also learned why that's important now and you oh, appreciate yeah. it for what yeah, it is. Yeah, and it's, it's just part of my journey, I guess, through it. <clears throat> and I still like magnums. Yeah. I don't mind them whatsoever. So is that a, can be a, is that a trend in competition shooting that people are actually coming down? And... Yeah. Uh, sure. It's definitely sure. a trend overseas. Yeah. So everything stems from the Americans. We shoot differently. We do. Our competitions are yeah. a lot different. But they were 308, 6.5 Creedmoors, now 6 mils. Like six, and now they're going to like bench rest cartridges like little six mil yeah, BRs, and BRs and stuff so they, they build big heavy guns that don't move yeah kind of gaming it a little bit much in my opinion mm. um but that's that's what they do and it's like ventress on the move yeah and that's up that's that's them but um I, I prefer a little bit more dynamic style of shooting but uh and i have speaking of that i have actually got i'm dragging the chain on it but a bit of six mil build i've just sent me a bunch of parts mm. start of the year and um sorted all the stuff for me that'll come out at some point whether whether it replaces Vergara or whether my wife uses it or her new 308 that's sitting just there um we'll see but yeah it'll probably be good for her less recall and stuff like that yeah. it's a, a trend I've seen I think I've seen more people with 6mm creeds well, yeah, you've, you've, type 
you've got modern twists you know yeah, you've yeah. got you've got twists that can fire heavier projectiles in those less recall and you can see all your you got no movement spot your shots yeah spot your shots better but I'm not that a 6 foot 5 is hard no or, or a well set up 30 cal but again it's just making that a little bit easier um, but the other there's a, a slight downside to it is <clears throat> so when setting up competitions because of the trend towards 6.5s and, and 6s they don't move the targets a lot at distance no, so we've really. had to invest um, quite a bit over the last few years buying magneto speeds off Jeff funnily enough um, so hit indicators so they flash and they are fantastic god they're good um, but yeah it's just so that you need, you, you were starting to need stuff like that for those yeah. shots out maybe plus 700 they, they tend to not move the target as much but again that, yeah. that's not really a, an issue for the competitor it's more an issue for the but then again also at that range you're losing the advantage of being able to spot your shots because you're not getting enough splash you're not seeing the yeah. target move 100% so because in the I can only speak for North Island based competitions because mm. I'm reasonably involved in them South Island could be a bit different, and then overseas is like deserts and yeah, and totally Kenya's. environment. Yeah. But but in the North Island, majority of what we shoot on is pastoral land. It might be hilly, but it's still pasture, so it's really easy to lose a projectile um, if it's not on a dry season or if it's not a dusty area on a track. Yeah. If it's at a pasture, they're just gonna. So we shot Gentle Annie, maybe it was 2017, the GPR event. One, oh, such a good event. But anywho, you, it was in these big rolling fields right up high on, is it, what's the Mahopathene station? The big station called? Irregardless, you've got to drive an hour in, but if you missed those six and a half, you couldn't see. I was shooting a seven or remake for whatever reason that day. So I seen splash. Yeah. But the smaller guns struggled because just green grass. So Even there's still a place for them, isn't there? Because that's why people still do. If you do, if you're not in the underclass and you're longer range, say 800 plus, then the bigger calibers still potentially make a difference. Potentially, um, yeah. But then again, you're dealing with more recoil. You maybe get worn out a bit more. It's a, it's a little personal thing what caliber you shoot. Yeah, I could I could shoot your two two four Valkyrie at a medium range comp. It yeah. wouldn't bother me. Uh, I've shot two two three in comps at 400 meters. Yeah. Um, the Ultra Honga shoots that used to happen with GPRE. Um, but yeah, they, but there was a bit of a dirt bang there too, in, in, in all respects. So, yeah, I think finding that happy medium between recoil, performance, um, seeing you missed shots. So six and a half ain't terrible. Mm. It's because you still got like a hundred, you know, hundred and forty gram projectile, hundred and thirty whatever. Yeah. So right. today it was dusty and we could see the shots at a mile. Not dusty, sorry, but mm. but we've got a nice dirt shelf there. Yeah, we cut. We, we got. We saw mo We saw the shots when the light was good. Yes. When the sun was hitting the bank perfectly, and then towards dusk, we were, we saw about half. Of yeah. It. So yeah. so I don't know about the three and one eight, but I was able to sh when the, again light was good. I was able to spot my shots. Yeah. Through my own scope. Yeah. Um. Is it? I mean, it doesn't recall that much, but you still get moved. But I was yeah. able to watch. The wind mag could, um, but also it was like three or four seconds. Yeah, that you had to get back onto your yeah. dog, and so it's it got a hardy break on it, which yeah. is pretty good. So yeah, it's yeah, it's all right. And all that being said, so Graham, what would you do with your Bagara six five? Would you now, if you were going to change it out, get rid of it, move it on? What would you replace it with in terms of a six five? So, what sort of setup? Uh, uh, there's a lot of trend towards slightly better six fives at the moment. Um, 
260 AIs. Come on, Graham, that's one person. <laughs> uh, no, no, yeah, but, but no, but the, uh, SLRs are popular, but that sort of thing. So getting that that same short action cartridge and getting a few hundred feet per second more out of it. Yeah. Um, 6.5 PRC. Well, that's so a long action, though. Yep. Can you run? You can run them short action Magnum moth base, can't you? Yeah. Okay. There you go. But yeah, uh, PRC. Yeah, that's another step up again mm. from the others. Anyway, um, I'm talking more than rifle grams, so you know. What rifle? Of, like, what would I replace? The Bagara, would you stick with another Bagara? I like a oh, great gun. I like my Bagara. It's a it's a, yeah. a Remington. How Remington should build them. Yeah. Um, mm. Not go there. <laughs> no, who cares? <laughs> Remington don't send me anything. <clears throat> I don't even know who imports them into New Zealand. To be honest. Um, if they even do anymore, do people buy them? Hunting fishing sell them. So yeah, must. Yeah. Um, what would I buy? I, I, I'd buy another Bagara. I wouldn't hesitate. I'd run a Howard. I shoot a lot of Howards. Um, I've never had an issue with Howards. I'd buy a Tika. Barrel length? Uh, ooh. So if I was to rebarrel my Bagara, I'd go with 26 inch barrel. Yeah. Because I, I don't see. We're not. It's a factory 24 in it. Something like that, yeah. yeah. We're not. We don't. Our sort of practical rifle shooting here um, isn't as um, prop driven as uh, the, the PRS in Australia and America and the UK and stuff. So because we use more natural um, terrain. terrain. So. Not often you're having to push your barrel in and out of things, um, so I don't see the disadvantage hugely of a long, like twenty-six inch barrel. Yeah, you don't need that mobility and agility. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'd pro yeah. So the barrel length wouldn't, yeah. But then again, I'd, it wouldn't concern me if it was twenty-two inches either. I just I'd work with what I got. But I'd probably, I'd happily buy another Bagara, or if I was to build something, use a Bagara actually. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. That's probably what I'd go with. What about you, Jeff? I, I want to get my 2F4 back in the chassis. I'm going to have to disagree with you, Graham. That's what he's about to say. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to run a long action all day. Um, I, I don't mind running a long action. We get um, seven round mags, don't you? That's not too bad. Well, five rounds. Ooh. Yeah, five rounds. Because uh, they're short little fat cartridges. Um, oh, I'm pretty happy with my 260 AI, but I've only run it in one comp. It was the first time I ran it. And I did meh. Yeah. Um, it was it was a hard day. And I was very hungover. Like yeah. Very very hungover. From that night. By the bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Because I was like, right. oh, I'm not going to bring too many beers, so I think I bought a bottle of whiskey. Oh. Yeah. Oh okay. Yeah. Yeah, and then we were uh, then we we're drooling over that night. Uh, nice ex army Australian army Land Rover. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, a good man by Tom uh, brought me some pares and coffee though that helped um, but no I, I did not do fantastic mm. uh, but no I, I think to so me for a noob like me sorry yeah, no no interject the, like. <coughs> the 260 AI is the parent case is a 260 Remington. yeah it's just got an ankle shoulder yeah. 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 yeah so 260 okay. with the shoulders blown out yep um, and what's it giving you an extra 150 100 to 150 yeah. okay um, depending on how hot you run your 260, I run mine not overly hot. Yeah. It's like I mean, compared to factory yeah. 260 ammo, it's like streets ahead. Um, and the yeah. barrel twist you're running on the obviously standard barrels. Standard, twist. Okay. Yeah. So those? the one I have is a rebarreled 65 Creedmoor. Right. Yeah, rechambered. Sorry. Yep. Um, hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I actually had it on loan years ago, a couple of years ago. Yeah. And then he ended up with it. So what, ELDMs? Sort of yeah, 140 ELDMs. Yep. So I'm, I'm using pretty much the same, very similar components to what a 6.5 Creedmoor would be, would be shooting. I'm just going through a few more steps. 
and getting a bit more feet per second. Different barrel life, I think maybe. Mm, I don't know. It, the for the speed it's going, the the powder and gases should be jetting nicely into the center behind the bullet yeah. and not into the throat. Yeah. Uh, so for the speed it's going, it should have a decent barrel life. Yeah, well you've got a couple hundred feet per second on even the hand loads I do. Not my ones for extreme long range, but my yeah. competition hand loads are at like just over two seven. Yeah. Or the one forty. And I probably don't need to push these as, as fast yeah. as they're going. Twenty nine hundred for a one forty, but Right, so novice right. question, what's the availability of ammo like that? I mean it, Zip. Yeah. You make so it. you basically yeah. 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 you can't just make a call, unfortunately. No. So yours is resize um, 308, 308 small rifle primer, primer. Yeah. yeah. Uh, small rifle primer. Love um, and I'm lucky because uh, Target Dynamics, Geo Target Dynamics, did all the brass prep um, and gave me that brass with the gun because yeah. I, I don't have that kind of patience and I would have done a half ass job <laughs> and then I may as well have bought some factory rifle yeah. instead. Yeah. I would have been happier that way. Does so, no one at all do AI brass? Like <sighs> Peterson or no one? Don't think so. You just have to make it. I mean, even dyes are hard to come by. Well, here anyway. Did you get the dies with that gun? Uh, no, I'm using a 260 neck sizer and. Ah, um, yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. Because yeah. from a, well, my bio factory rifle perspective, from, I think, to be corrected, but 280 AI is pretty much the only one of the actors that's actually chambered in factory rifles and it's available in factory ammo to a great degree, isn't it? Yeah, so, I think so. Yeah, coming more so. Yeah, yeah. Hornaday yeah. released it about a year ago, the ammo. Yeah. They do the Precision Hunter, yeah. maybe match in it. Yeah. Mm. That Precision Hunter, was, I, that is wicked. I, I've shot that like 12 different guns and it's all like minute of angle mm. ammo or better and it's all consistent, well consistent enough for medium range hunting. Yeah. I just, it, not the, many ammo works and everything. And again, I might just be lucky with the stuff I've used, but it's just well, that's a lot of guns to test it across. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. Oh, I'm not saying I'm not saying like I got a 308, 12 308 and shot, but like three and one mags, similar mags, three hundred eight, six five three mods, thirty six, all this stuff, and it's just good. Like some of it, just minute of angle, five shots in an inch, yeah. which ain't like internet impressive, but it's predictable and it's well good enough for most everyday needs. Yeah. Um, but from what I gather, 280 AI is pretty close to see more mag velocity with less recoil. So, you know, that's one of the big pluses, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Could be 20% yeah, so less. My, yeah, my 284 and, and that 280 AI would be no very much approaching similar right. rear mag or yep. similarism. Yeah. So. Yeah. And no belt. Yeah. No belt. So a little bit less powder. Yeah. Yeah. To chuck that up. Yeah. I do like the rear mag. Mm. I, I, for hunting I, yeah. I've not played with one yeah. although I think it's because I've just had really good luck it's like I've, I've managed to yeah. make yeah. Good, a lot of good shots and so I'm like oh I love that caliber everyone's a proponent of the thing that works really well yeah like your, yeah. your 308 Mossington mm. I imagine you like it more tonight than you did this morning because yeah. Yeah. You, you, sh you shot how many things with it today like mm. game animals six yes like and cool and some ones that are quite hard to get mm. um, feral pigs and stuff so yeah. For me, I'll be like, oh, this gun's great. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's great. The scope's great. Yeah, the ammo was great. Yeah, yeah. The blue and the bits. So it's, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's a funny way how you sort of come attached to one gun. And it might not even be particularly good. But I'm not, not saying yours isn't, but it's just, you just have a bit of luck with it. And um, although my red mag is, it's nice. It's a yeah. Browning Hell's Canyon. Um, to be fair, though, a lot of stuff goes into having good luck with something. Oh, yeah. Because. 
before when it was not the Mossington, when it was just a Mossberg, mm. it was a pile of semen poop. <laughs> it was so <laughs> bad. Yeah. I, yeah, it didn't have oh. to be completely rebuilt to shoot all right. Yeah. But it was shooting good today. Yeah. yeah. And we were, when we so were shooting gongs it. before we went and shot those animals. Mm. Um, yeah, would you would you shoot a hunted field shoot with it? Uh, four round blind mag. Yep. Um, so depending on the stage designs, yep. probably. And Most of them run about five rounds max. Yeah, so I could do that um, if I needed to. If, if the condition, starting condition allowed, I could have one in the chamber mm. or have one in my hand or sort of or just run around with one in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> just shoot and bang, pop it Yeah, in. or me running next year, yeah. handing you rounds. To that was so pig. good. We're, we're running after those pigs today and Graham's running next to me loading my gun. We've we, we seen the pigs. He jumped out and he, because he had his bolt out of his gun, so he put it in. And I was like, oh, I've got to grab the extra ammo. <laughs> so I ran around and grab it, just run next to them. There you go, there you go. Because we didn't want them to get away, you know. Um, yeah, but yeah, I think you could shoot a, 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 a hunter's field shoot. So they're generally around a three, maybe 350 metres. Yeah. Um, what does, now does one, you run a sort of a basic weaver, does that have a BDC in it? No, that's just a plex. A plex. So a, a duplex or yeah. plex or whatever it's called. Um, so I would have to fi- and a second focal plank. Yeah. Um, so I'd have to figure out what the bottom post yeah. was. Would you, now do you run a do you run a two hundred meter zero? Um, that's on a hundred meter on that gun. Yeah. Because yeah. I've done it. So my Tiger two two three, which I'm probably gonna trick out. I've finally got over how much I loved it. Yeah. Um, I've got a. It's now got a VX Freedom three to nine on it, and it's the Plex. And then I so I gave it a two hundred meter zero, and yeah. it just happens to be on nine power that where the um, sort of reticle thickens up, is 300 metres. It, it's kind of, so it's 1 to 200 aim at it, and then 300, you just go post. down to where the post thickens up. So yeah. that, that's kind of a bit of luck. Um, and although I could have I could have done them. You could have tweaked it, yeah. I could have done the work and figured out what that meant otherwise, but being at that solid 300, it's kind of nice. So, and that was the specific calibre and the, <clears throat> the limited bullet weight I have with yep. the uh, not very fast twist, um, three hundred meters is plenty yep. for that. Um, but yeah, it, it, it is. Uh, yeah, not to use it in that to time. to be fair to anyone looking to get into long range shoots, even just hunter class, I would not advise getting a duplex reticle and no. using your second focal plane magnification to figure out what your hold is. Yeah, you can do it with a BDC, yep. but it's still a lot of work. And when I first and got into it... you still got different magnifications. Yes, and when I first ways. got into it, it was confusing as heck. Now I'm like, oh, that's not overly difficult. And I've, I've, done, I've filmed videos where I've shot my 270 out to 600 metres with a 3 to 9 yep. VX1 um, using the varying the magnification. But at the start of the journey... No, mm. unless you had a BDC that was like we used to have on the ARs, so you like have a, you know, 100, 200, 300, progressively bigger yeah. um, subtensions, <clears throat> that can be used okay, but man, work, doing the work yourself mm. um, can be hard, although apps can help, but you've still got to put that right data yes, into the app. that was yeah. my next point, yeah. which is, but there are apps for a lot of those scopes, some of the Bushnell ones even quite low. M1's yeah, Straylock Pro has everything on it. the data for that, and you put in the magnification, and it'll tell you what all those holdovers are yeah. in that reticle. So it, 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 that is fantastic, as long as you can feed it the correct info. Yeah. And, and this is, I mainly use Straylock Pro, and like twice a week there's an update, and the updates, it adds in just a bunch of ammo, but it adds in reticles, reticles well. and the yeah. reticle selection has got some obscure stuff mm. in it. 
then maybe you get overseas, I don't know. But yeah, and that's what we're playing with today with, with that gun was basically going, okay, well, it's 450 metres and you could dial in your magnification, how much you're putting on the red pill if you're going to do that and we'll tell you where it's going to be. Yeah. And you can put an animal target on there or steel target or whatever. Um, yeah. And it's, pre- and it's actually, if you're feeding the correct info, it's actually pretty good. It's very good. Like, we, we didn't have a chronograph today. It's around, Scotty G's got it. But it's, yeah. So we had to use a bit old school using drop to catch. And we got from a 200 meters zero out to a mile with no chronograph and figuring yes. it out. Yeah, that was actually pretty cool with the new load. So we just zeroed that this morning and, and worked it out, drop out yeah. to the 450-ish meter target. Yeah. Um, and yeah, then, and then use that. But that wasn't with the BDC, that was with the dial scope. Yeah. But so, if, again, if you're new to it. Yeah, rounding that out. Uh, if you can, and there are a lot more prevalent and price points are not much different now, get a first five planning scope. Would mm. be my recommendation. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah, because then it just it always means the same no matter what magnification you're on. I I had that issue this morning, so I was shooting a Bushnell Forge, MOA, second focal plane, and I was trying to give corrections for Jeff as we zeroed the gun because we're shooting in a clump of dirt. Yeah. And I was. Under the impression I was shooting a first focal plane scope, just not thinking correctly. Because you get used to it. Yeah. And and um, the corrections weren't working when we we're moving the windage over. <clears throat> and it was also minutes of angle, and I thought it was mils. So after a minute, I'm like, oh heavens, I'm giving you complete wrong data um, because I was confused about it. But correct first focal plane if you can. I I think so. Um, I'm I try buy all my new. Uh, I don't like the term, but tactical scopes, mm. so precision rifle sort of style stuff in mill and second focal plane, especially for competition use or gong shooting or trick shots or whatever I'm up to. Yeah. So for hunting, um, I don't know why, but I still prefer a second focal plane for hunting, and yeah, because what I do with a BDX scope. Or run a BDX and run with lasers. A range and have a second, have scope. a second guy ranging for you. <laughs> yeah, um, no, it's not that hard. <laughs> but yeah, I think that yeah, definitely that that ability to give exact corrections. Yeah. Um. So with the second focal plane, you can on full magnification give a correct correction. Mm. That's a hell of a hell of a way. To Correct correction. A correct correction, I think. <laughs> but yeah, gone in a rabbit hole there. But 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 I but again this morning I wasn't and I buggered it up because I've I've moved sort of eighty percent of what I do to second focal plane, first focal plane. Yeah, I'm slowly making the change as well. Yep. Yeah, so I just try get so if I purchase new scopes, like if I get sensei to play with, I don't really mind what it is. Yeah. But uh, we've got a few marksman striker coming. I've got striker coming. Yeah. Oh, I'm just, yep. I'm it's just the, assuming. I haven't even talked to Stuart, but I assume to twenty-five by fifty-six. Yeah, I assume it's coming. Mill first focal plane because I know he's army and that's what they do. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> um, yeah, and same thing. Um, but like, <clears throat> what that'll that'll probably end up on the three hundred eight or maybe the six millimeter. Yeah. Um, and so that'll be handy for competition, definitely. Um, shoot, correct or to the exact amount and then or correct for your yeah. friend give them the call and, yeah and that to be fair if i mean yeah for myself mill first focal plane I'll slowly all my guns will have scopes like that except for actually yeah some of my hunter guns will just still be second focal plane because yeah. i don't want to have a huge reticle up in my face while i'm hunting it's yeah point and shoot it's a short distance and a lot of the time you don't you're not shooting like it's not a six or an eight round stage yeah. it's a one 
maybe two rounds. Again, not pest control, but like hunting red deer, fellow, yeah. tar, whatever. Yeah, you don't get a lot of opportunities. But yeah, if you are getting into, if you're getting into a discipline and you're going with mates, so if you, you figure out F classes for you and you've got two mates that do it, they're probably running MOA yeah. and it might be, it, no, no, it could be either first or, or second, but they're going to be running MOA. Yeah. Um, and, and what your friends use, you will generally use. Yeah. So we'll I got MOA. Each other. Yeah. And, and it's, so I got MOA when I started because my friends, the two guys I was shooting with a heap at the time, they shot MOA. I didn't even know what a Miller Radian was, mm. even though I grew up in the metric system. Um, but so, no, I, I didn't know what MOA was, and they had to teach me. And even that was intimidating at the time. Yeah. And then you get your head around it like, oh, this is pretty bloody basic. Yeah, but this is where things are going, isn't it? I mean, eventually, most of your scopes will have more complex reticles regardless. Because even if you're not going to use it, which I've got a lot of scopes that I've really never used a lot of that in. you got a lot of guns you don't use. Come on, like... It's too good to take out. <laughs> no, but uh, that's, that's where... Um, eventually, you've got to have the scopes with those features in them from the get-go. Because, I mean, for most people, you've got to do the versatility of what you can use it for. So Yeah, I think you'll see more um, uh, digital add-ons and scopes, like SIGs being sort of... Yeah. Well, I say pioneering, so I'm not sure if they did, but they've been putting like the level plexes. I like that. It's 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 not in the way, and like I made an effort today, a real effort, because we were shooting so far to keep my gun level, yeah. and it worked. You know, I, I got the results I wanted. Um, but I know a lot of the time when I'm only shooting medium distances, I I, I relax on it when I shouldn't. Mm. Um, but that level plex, level plex is your cannon to batter. Yeah, yeah, it does. As long as you're yeah, yeah. so, you, but, but you, then again, you've got to make sure that is level to your action, because mm. you can have your you can have your scope as level as you want, what you think is level, or on a plumb bob. But if the action's pissed, yeah, it's it's you're doing you know you've. No, I actually saw a very cool uh, scope design came out. Um, it came out in a Gunworks email, not um, Gunworks in New Zealand. Gunworks with an like E. Like Phil Vallejo works for and all those. Yes, yeah, correct. Yeah, they make, they make, they make cool a, stuff if you've got a lot of money. He did a demo video. I don't know if it's this, if they make the scope or contract it or, or whatever. I uh, can't remember what it's called, but look up Gunworks, look up Phil Vallejo, and you, you'll see it. Um, but essentially, you, you load your data in it um, mm. by your phone. Or into the scope. Into the scope. Mm. Um, and then when you dial up your turret, it will tell you what your elevation is. Yeah. what your um, distance is. You've convinced Mark yeah. he's going to buy one. So you'll see it and you'll have a readout in the top of your scope but it'll tell you what your distance is. If you dial your wind it will tell you what your wind is um, and you can on the left hand side you can do the direction the wind's coming from. I don't, I don't, I'd love to know like has it have a heads up display but maybe something real small yeah. of how many minutes of angle you've got on your scope. I think that'd be fair. Not yeah. so much for precision competition but for like long range playing around mucking around out and past for forgetful cave. people like yourself yeah oh who hasn't been yeah. a rotation out before <clears throat> yeah, this morning yes <laughs> yes I, I did it in a competition once yeah I'm missing a turn in like 250 meter like miss 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 and then someone finally goes you're like a meter high and I was like frick <laughs> come yeah. down so a mini had like an range finder that has yeah yeah as long as it's you'd have to have it it's super just a counter somewhere that's yeah, yeah. telling you how much yeah. you've but there's the trouble too so I don't you could even be on the side so yeah. If you're shooting both eyes open, as I, I think you should. A, a, a lot of not a lot of scopes. There are a few scopes that have really good turret designs that will tell you what rotation you're on. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Carlos, they do a real nice one. Yeah. Um, 
Uh, I think so. The lower poles only do two rotations, a lot of the VX bikes and stuff. Mm. So you're still pretty safe there. Yeah. But um, actually, one thing I've seen at uh, TG Longer Challenge, and I've looked it up since as we speak of levels, is the boys from um, uh, Guns NZ. Mm. Um, the, one of the cheeses from there was here, <clears throat> and he had this fold out uh, level off his rifle, and it was a sort of an arc of lights. Oh, yeah. Like a sort of smiley oh, yeah, yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. yeah, and so it, it, it's it's catching in the peripheral vision, mm. and it's red, 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 and then green when it's level. And it just folds away. It's pretty it's pretty techy and futuristic, and, I mean, we seem to resist a lot of that stuff, but... No, no, I'm all ears. I, no, you are. <laughs> but, yeah, but I think they're, they're quite expensive. But, again, if, if you need... If you're, if you're not checking that level as part of your sort of routine then maybe something that sort of prompts you this isn't necessarily a bad thing yeah. or just practice with like the hundred dollar i got a vortex level mm. it's basic but i did make sure so like i've got action that's level scopes level and then that's level yeah like we went over levels last night checking mm. if your level's level yeah you know what i mean um and so again checking your level is level for your level to be level yes <laughs> yeah. yeah um but I think those digital ones are cool because they clamp directly onto the action, so oh, cool. so it's so it's going to be ninety degrees from your action yeah. straight away because it's assuming the machining's perfect, which it should be with modern um, CNC. Yeah. And if you don't want to spend that much money, you do get spirit level ones that, that clamp, clamp onto your your yep. you, yeah. At the end of the day, what I've seen is uh, scopes that have got a bit of electronics in them. It seems to be not much of a push to put the level plex type system in them. So no, my infrared mm. scope. Had a level flex, and my new thermal's got a level flex. Yes. And even though it Probably seems not slightly pointless, because really, three hundred meters will be the you know <clears throat> general. Well, that's a long shot with that scope. Correct. Yeah. I did what a couple hundred um, meters the other weekend yeah, yeah. on some goats. And identifying and was hard. And yeah. and yeah, seeing the target well at three hundred is not overly easy. So yeah. <clears throat> the level picks and that is a bit of a gimmick, but it's obviously something that's easy to do. Well, when you pay that much for a scope, wants. you want the bloody features, don't yeah, you? Yeah, I'm going to go there. <laughs> <laughs> but no, the, um, I've got another SIG scope, the Whiskey 5, Foster 25, yeah, which has got level plex in it, so... Yeah, was that, protect, was, that, was that the one that's around fifteen, sixteen hundred dollars No, scope? it was about two and a half. Was, so, it, was it Tango? They do like a mid-range yeah, one, they're, they're, they're not a bad scope. Yeah, they do they also have a, a fairly affordable one as well. Yeah. I, although I don't own any, so and I've only used them on friends guns. So I can't. I don't have too much of an opinion yeah, on them. But I wouldn't. I. It came with a free etch turret, so you basically send away your data for the. Do you get a free sticker? <sighs> yeah, probably. The the the, the Hauer and three hundred eight here come with a bunch of free stickers. Thanks, Jeff. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> I love free stickers. Come with all my safes and everything. It's not really my point, Graham. Come on. You want the free edge turret? <coughs> yeah, well, I actually ordered two and they sent me them. So I thought, oh, that's right. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, is it on your three hundred? Because it's America, so you send it away, and then I think a month later, I thought, oh, I'll just send it again with the same serial number and got another turret as well. So, <laughs> oh, so they sent you two for the one. So I got a three hundred meg turret and a creedmoor turret, so I can swap it around. So. That's pretty handy. Did you chronograph the velocities you sent away? Yeah, it's probably going back to something we talked about earlier, Graham. <coughs> <laughs> putting the right data in would be a good good starting point rather than just guessing well, oh yes probably about that far well that's one thing we can talk about so for the people who for some reason want to listen to us yap on and actually want to set stuff up is one of the most important things is correct muzzle velocity yeah. it's just from the get go um, the box is generally it's a ballpark figure yeah. 
every rifle's different, different barrel lengths, different altitudes, air temperatures, whatever. So track someone down with a craniograph. So from my agricultural rudimentary perspective, Graham, actually getting set on your ammo first. Yes, one type of ammo. That shoots well for that gun or that you prefer or is yes. affordable or yeah, so and did, then going from there. Yeah, so don't cha- don't bring a new ammo, the new the newest Sarko ammo to a hunter's field shoot. <laughs> a completely different bullet weight. Yeah, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> yeah, no one no one would be do would do that. I may have done that. But... Yeah, um, Simon Gillis will be shaking his head right now. Um, <laughs> anyway, but yeah, so getting your muzzle velocity from the start yeah. is just going to save you so much time and sort of frustration downrange. So, so find a mate with a lab radar. Yeah, well, I, I bought a lab radar years ago. I was doing long hours, yeah. like a hundred hours plus a week. So, Recommend, forking out the money. You mean a retail price? No, I paid full retail for that. I paid full retail for a surprising amount of stuff. No, I'm saying. <laughs> but yeah, so they're about they're expensive. They're like fifteen hundred plus dollars. Yeah, but money well spent for all my friends. As long as it's your friend buying it. So, so the <laughs> amount of people. I, I always envision charging like five dollars per use. Mm. I've never done it once. So all my bludging friends out there. I was so No, you're fine. It's Lee. But I'll never get any money out of you, will I, Lee? No, no, it's fine. So it's when you lend it to the person who uses it wrong and blows it to pieces. <laughs> Which you haven't yet. No. But um but anyway, so even you don't necessarily need a lab radar or a magneto speed, those really high end ones. So the, the, the cheaper chronographs will give you reasonable data. Yeah, I use one. Yeah, and now I've compared them. The lab radar's a little bit more consistent. Yeah. But again it's you get what you pay ridiculously for. expensive. Yeah. Um I shouldn't say ridiculous, it's, it's extremely expensive. And But because I shoot a lot, and like I might get a gun into test, I might only have it for a week. So I can like get some ammo, figure out the muzzle velocity, build a um, ballistic solution. So easy enough. So anyway, find someone who can work out your velocity or help you, yep. or yep. or go on the wonderful, wonderful world of YouTube. And funnily enough, Vortex, I think it's Vortex do a video on figuring out muzzle velocity from drop so you yeah. need i think they use a 300 meter range <clears throat> so you just do your tall target so you have something maybe four foot tall have a dot on it up near the top so you zero it at 100 or 200 depending what you're trying to achieve aim at that same dot don't use any holdover shoot a five round group go down range measure from the center of your dot where you aimed mm. to the center of your group and then you're losing me Graham. <laughs> and then and then transfer that into your. What aim. about just ballistics by the inch, where it has the velocity at different barrel lengths for a different thing? So, I notice on my, I know the Sarco ammo, the actual app for that with the ballistic data changes based on barrel length. Yeah, the velocity. Do. So yeah. it does an estimation. I know, but but you can still confirm, and you could, and using a system like that where it gives you an estimate. Yeah. Or, or you could even get an estimate from your app. You could set up a target, again at whatever distance. A paper target or steel or whatever shoot and then measure the offset and then um so and well, put that into your app we could talk through what we did today My with God. the 300 win max <coughs> which is effectively very similar to what you yep. talked about with that vortex video which is we started with a rough idea of what we thought the ammo was doing yeah we zeroed it at 200 uh then we moved to 260 and then we wrote down how much we had to come up yep. to achieve hits put that in and co- uh, put that into Strelok Pro, and it's like ten bucks or something. Get the Pro version. Pro so great. worth it. Yeah, and it lasts uh, forever. You don't have to pay for it every year. It's, you, you've got and it then, through. and then that tells you what it's a spectrum. Yeah, yeah. Right. It tells you what yep. your speed is um, at 
if that's your come up, that's your speed. Yeah. Um, or you, or you could alter your uh, BC, but just stick with your speed. Yeah. Um, then we went to 450, figured out how much we had to come up, and then put that correction in as well. Yeah. And then you. So if you've got the reverse distance, engineering the data. Exactly. Yes. So and the general rule of thumb is the the, the long the, at the longer distance you can confirm this, yeah. the more accurate what yeah. your velocity will be. So again, if we do it at 200 meters, here or there, 300 meters, starting to get okay. But if you can do it at like 700 meters. And, and alter it or then you, he's going to yeah. give you a pretty good velocity so would that give you an edge over just muzzle velocity as a measure no, no I don't, don't I think so, so I will spit out for you is muzzle velocity yeah, yeah, no, yeah. yeah. so what I'll because so I run a lab radar 99.9% .9 of the time but today but if you I, can tell the speed way out there it's you know that's my mind will you give it yeah it's, it's just it's, yeah reverse engineering so I'll, I'll run a muzzle velocity yep. I'll, I'll, I'll click that data through the lab radar build my ballistic solution but i am lucky enough to be able to shoot a lot yeah. and at distance i'm not restricted by a local range i shoot on private property uh, even at my house i shoot at 600 yeah. 800 if i really want to get awkward um so i confirm out to distance mm. so that that <clears throat> that real life data is worth twice as much as predicted data yeah for sure um uh, let's be honest though, for most people uh, especially if you're somewhat urban, getting access to someone with a uh, chronograph mm. can be much easier than getting access to three, four, five hundred, six hundred meters. Exactly right. And, and then again, if there's half a dozen of you, you've got friends and you know, all getting into hunting or <clears throat> precision stuff, you can maybe chip in by a cheaper chronograph together. Yeah. I think some, the NZ Guns, NZ Hunting Forum even has one you can rent. Oh, yeah. So I've elaborated, I, 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 I could be wrong. Yeah, and, and to be honest, if you join a local deer stalkers, maybe, but they're definitely pistol clubs, yeah. someone will have a chronograph at the pistol club. Yeah, well, because they need to check minor and major power factor. Yeah, um, for shooting bits of cowboy. But so, it's yeah. something you can recommend for anyone doing any type of shooting, so just your general pack-of-the-year deer hunter, getting that gun refined to the extra bit in terms of getting the, your zero sorted out and everything, and it makes a big difference, doesn't it? So and Yes and no, but I think... For me, yes, but the average deer hunter, they'll do a 200 meter zero mm -hmm. and they're not going to shoot past 200 meters. So they don't actually need to know what it's doing. They just need to have their maximum point blank range. Yeah, kind of you know what I mean? Because they don't, they don't need to go, actually, I want to work out what 400 meters is. Yeah, but it's still increasing your knowledge of that. Oh, you know, 100%. 100%. Learn, learning more is cool. Yeah. If you're interested in like external ballistics and stuff like that. Mm. And then they can lead on to terminal ballistics and what it's doing to the animal further and further out. But for weirdos like us it's really interesting plus we take every single you, you will become a weirdo like us no, yeah, no you'll be you'll be the guy in a cabin in a tweed jacket <laughs> i get increasing numbers of people coming here and when we when we borrow your lab radar they'll come out and and we'll do more work on their their guns so yeah it's mainly around the velocity stuff and it's interesting because yeah. most yeah. most people barrel lengths is, yeah. most people are super let down by their velocity when we were allowed AR-15 before um, public safety became really important, yeah. uh, when we allowed ARs, um, so I had a heap of people coming, and I shot ARs all the time. Mm. Everyone was so gutted with their velocity. It's like, two, two, three, 30, 200 feet per second. And I was like, you got a 16-inch barrel. you got like 24, 25 if you're really lucky. And they're like, yeah. no, nah, no. Nah. And then they'll do it, and they'll go, you laid out, your radar's not working. I'm like, no, this thing's <laughs> working. You've got a 14-inch barrel, 16-inch barrel. I was like, it's slow. Hey, it's a pretty but, exciting day when... Your, the lab radar velocity exceeds what's on the packet. 
Yeah, I do like that. I think I think that the, the twenty six inch three oh eight is going faster than the packet velocity. It probably is. Oh, it would have been tested in a twenty four inch barrel. Twenty two, yeah, maybe. That's the standard on yeah. your, your Hornley one, isn't it? It's twenty four. But I mean, that's that's a good point. You have a fair idea because you've played with a, a few guns and and two two three and ARs etc. Um, and you've verified velocities a few times that if someone else comes along with a 16-inch barrel in 223, you know roughly what it's going to be able to do. Yeah. You're going to be able to help correct them um, if, if they need a wind call or elevation or, or something. You can have a fair idea of what it's doing ballistically. Well, we did it with... So when a friend of ours, his gun broke down at a competition and Mark had a spare 223 yep. with a 16-inch barrel. Yep. And yeah, the same thing. Uh, guessing velocities and i thought shit i've actually 16 inch and we it was pretty bloody close well because i played with a lot of them no well on the fly but i knew i'd sighted in at 200 pretty good but i didn't know anything beyond that really yeah because it was a brand new rifle it was a lpvo scope so one to ten so it didn't have a huge amount and it was more of a you know um three gun type yeah Scope, the yeah. problem was we were in the competition yeah yeah and so they had to build a, they had to build a, <laughs> everything on the fly yeah so they had to build a ballistic solution because he was open class yeah so, <laughs> yeah yeah i know yeah. um and so he, he had to have sort of some idea out to it was like 600 or 700 meters yeah and um, so we managed to build a rough ballistic solution. I think that's perhaps a five six hundred. So he went for his own hand load to send more rem mag to two D three firing Fiocchi Fiocchi from farmlands or something. Yeah. But um, we um, but again because we had a rough idea, we managed to build a rough enough solution to at least allow him to enjoy the day. No, no, yeah. he was getting hits. So yeah, it hits at like five hundred plus meters, and that's with a two D three that's going transonic around there too. So well before there, so it's actually pretty cool. Yeah, but that, again, the the better the data you can put into your app, because not many people are running old school um, dope books anymore. Yeah, the better results you're going to get, and then confirming at distance. Well, then do write it down. Do write it down somewhere, especially if you reload. Write down your final load and velocity somewhere. I'm guilty. Freaking forget. So how much will wrong scope by three out? Oh god. Um. <laughs> Uh, it depend if you have an adjustable cheek piece, you should be fine. No, no I'm saying if the if you put the wrong data in for the scope height above the ball, it'll it'll throw you off that amount. Does it amplify out distance? I mean, um, probably not. Stumped you. And, and I'm out. That's it. At <laughs> very much longer ranges, it is going to throw out a little bit more, yeah. especially if you get a little bit of cant or anything in, in your. In your, in your system but no, that's the when sort of you're thing talking I, like I wake up in a cold sweat going man if I put the wrong is it two inches two and a half is that going to make much difference down the line I've never had a big yeah. issue with it I imagine there's people who will have an issue with it yeah. more in their head than anything but but yeah I think that especially for if you're taking shots closer in yeah um, and because some people dial like a 10 like a 25 like a we shot a pre-raw shoot just before COVID yeah there's a there's like 15, 10 metres, paper stage, super fun. Some yeah. people dial it yeah. for their bore offset. Use, the, use that 300 metre um, 
and yeah. bow and whatever. I just, I just, I just aim the distance that my bore is offset to the scope. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Yeah. yeah. Did, you, did you get the paper? I'm going to dial it. Did I? Yes, I, I didn't. I did hit the paper at one point. Took the page. <laughs> it's a pretty big page. But, you uh, shot fast though. Those close range shots though, like you always go up there going, I I know I need to do this, but then you go. Is it you above, or below? Is it above or below? It's above or below. Above or below. I'm going to give everyone the the, the answer because I've shot answer. it so many times now. It's it's above. Yeah. Aim above. Because so if it's a circle this big, at the top of the circle. Yeah. And, or, or look at your rifle, even if you don't know the measurement and you have some basic understanding of millimetres or inches or centimetres, which are the most pointless measurements ever. Yeah. Um, that is it. At, at that, like, 10 to 20 metres, yeah. that's what will get you in the little no, circle. No, I learned that on possum shooting. So yeah. Is it, you have your 22 sorted in about 50, 60, cent, whatever metres, but in the end, you've always got to be aiming above the head of it, yeah. just the top. So you just re-zero the scope at 25 and be done with it because you're yep. pretty much taking shots that far so yeah because you're generally under the tree yeah but so that's one way and, and that that paper stage again i enjoy it because i figured it out a long time ago but yeah i've seen i think the first time i shot it was in Thai happy simon gillis ran a for the deer stalkers branch that he ran a a field shoot and there's this big hill and we split up into two squads and we sort of did a loop and walked up over it met at the top in a safe zone and walked back down anyway there's a paper stage and everyone was just bickering you do all this you do this you come up you down you you, you lift a leg up in the air like it was the, a heap of really dumb ideas from all of us me included and Simon's just looking at us all like we're a pack of idiots and I was lucky it's enough. Default, so. <laughs> yeah, well, compared to Simon, most of us are. <laughs> so I, I, I just, I was having a really good day actually. I, um, I got this, the first few people got first equal. I got second equal, but on point back, it put me like the fifth. That's fucking gutted. Um, but what I did is I shot at it, didn't knowing what to do, but I just watched. So you get your number right. Your number twelve. You should at target twelve. Yeah. I was watched. This is where I'm aiming. That's where I hit. And then I just Kentuckied it. And then I shot like my next two or three shots and got centre. Because it, it was not particularly far and it's standing. And that's how I figured it out. And then I just sort of remembered. And then I'm lucky enough I did a little bit of practice. And yeah. Then a few little um, shoots we've done uh, over the years. And then Simon's ones. Um, now it's just ingrained and knew what to do. And it, yes. for me, I'm like, easy points, easy points. <laughs> Well, that's why I like the practical stages where they have like that 10 metre shot at paper, three rounds, mm. and typically you'll miss them all because you just it's walked around the corner, the animal, <laughs> and then the last shot's 300 metres away, which <clears throat> is your last chance as it goes over the top well, of the Well, we, we did that, didn't we? Yeah. At, um, <clears throat> at one of Simon's pre-roll shoots the previous year. Yeah. Yeah, and you, sh you did that. You you shot paper. Yeah. And then you... There's an intermediate one. And then you like one. ran and crawled under some nets. Was that that one? Yeah. And he had to come back, <clears throat> and then you had some longer range shots, but your heart rate was up. Oh yeah, and it was sort of one of them was a bit, but it was good. I think you shot off sticks too, didn't you? No, it was similar as a normal standard procedure. <laughs> For you shooting off sticks, missing, normal. missing completely, and, and then <laughs> running to try and get a shot at the end when it's just disappearing. So was it new ammo that you never used? Oh, of course. <laughs> and the gun was completely new as well. So. <laughs> yeah, I re actually there was a paper stage on that one, and you had some trouble because the Browning's got the the rotary mag. And it, it's not quick to load. Right. So the he, he, some of the paper stages you'll do, you start, say, 
20 meters back. With your loose rounds. Yes, and as you advance, you're allowed to put them in the mag if you've got a, a, a separate magazine. It's probably my tip of the day is having a gun that will feed manually from the top easily. <laughs> yeah. Actually, that's probably a top tip. Like, it is. What well, is so, so a lot having of having a gun that feeds. So the really t- helps because like the cheap, oh, no, the Ruger American rifles that sort of thing have quite an abrupt. You know the feed. If you get the feed wrong, dropping the cartridge in, it just won't go. Take it. No takers. So uh, my two two three taker, my go to little gun. If you throw loose rounds in the action because it's this one action that fits all yeah. they can jump to the side and sit there yeah. and you'll and the bolt won't go forward so you single feeding it you sort of have to point the gun down and throw them into the chamber that's so, dead right a lot of them are based on the longest possible bullet they're going to be using yeah the action and so anything shorter is a basically a, work, a workaround almost yeah. but the Tika mags are very easy to load yeah so you could like they're not top feed they're still push the bot back in and slide them back yeah. not like whereas like the ar style mags will be at the string spring tension was always quite high in the 30s when they were legal um you can clip them in from the top which is an advantage i guess anyway at each time and time stage actually it happened with that yeah. that, that 223 you lent our yeah. friend yeah he tried to throw into the empty chamber yeah. and it being a pump action ar style rifle um, like currently it. legal did, did not like <laughs> it did not like it because they're just they're not made to be single feed mm. and it just I just I, want to feed over Magpul it just yeah. fucked his whole stage up Magpul or nothing <laughs> Tarata I, I think it was 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 it paper stage at Tarata yeah. generally it is a paper yeah. stage um, 10 metre and you you walk up with your your rifle your magazine and your um, unloaded rounds in your hand and I was like cool I'm just gonna drop the rounds in um because long action ARCS mags with short fat cartridges not the easiest to feed yep. so like, just going to single feed them it's not doesn't take too long I got up to the line dropped it in closed the bolt and I heard my cartridge hit my boot <laughs> so, <laughs> and you took the rifle or something I, I, I know I looked and I just hadn't put the mag in and, oh. <laughs> and my mag was like in my pocket or back there or something and I was like oh gee I didn't have enough time so I had to open up tilt the gun down drop a Cartridge like way in, yeah. And, oh, because yeah. you, you I, had to, f- yeah, yeah. So I, I got like two hits or something, yeah. Well, still ain't that bad, yeah, yeah. Now, that that again, when we say paper stages, if you're looking at setting it up or doing a comp, these are close paper stages, mm. like we don't set up paper at 500 meters because that doesn't work in a comp yeah. for how field shooting works. But that's also because we don't want steel at 10 meters spraying back at us, yes, and there'd be no real way of scoring it properly. Yeah. And if you left out cans of spray paint, half the competitors would end up sniffing it. So, so branching on then, so if I build a chassis rifle where I take an action and barrel, and is that not one of the trickier parts is making sure that the mags, like the AICS mags and that, yeah, feed well and fit well, and they can yep. do quite a bit of work in doing that. So the most common chassis you'll see in New Zealand now would probably the NDTs. That sort of yeah. got their finger on the pulse big time, and they constantly innovating. So everyone's buying them. Send us um, product, <laughs> so, <laughs> please. <laughs> but no, so they are generally you've like I've got a few different like the Oryx, their budget versions, yeah, and yeah. some of the better stuff I've had. They work pretty good most of the time. I've never had much of an issue. Yeah, okay. uh, MDT website's really good. It will tell you what the mag compatibility is yeah um and generally speaking if you're putting together a, a chassis a barrel action combo 
internet's fantastic. You will find a forum where someone has asked the question, what magazine can I use with this? And even your ARCS, Accurate Mag, MDT, all the same pattern. Pentest um, forum. They don't all yep, work the same. Mag. They don't all feed the same. <laughs> and you got your, your PMAG ones, your Bagara ones, etc., your Bruger ones. Yeah. Um, Some of the plastic ones can be a little bit tighter and stuff than the odds. Yeah, but, and, but in, in, not in, in MDT. Some, they, yeah. they work better than the steel mags. Yeah. So it's yeah. worth finding out before you spend 100 bucks on a mag. And they also give you the option now of um, like more room in them. Like I've got the plastic mm. MDT and I've got the original MDT steel where now... There's that one without the without the binder plate. Without the binder plate, so yep. when I'm running my A tips, yeah, you get extra millimeter or so in the front. Yeah, because yep. um, they're such a long, sleek bullet. Mm. Um, they never poke to your hand; they're that pointy. But yeah, that mag's fantastic. Because although, to be honest, because it's not a competition round as such, I could single feed them. But it is nice to have the option of magazine feed. But that's one of those things that you'd want to look up. Yeah. Is is my rifle going to be compatible without yeah. a binder plate? Yeah. Because yeah. that binder plate's there because most rifles prefer it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, but see, there's the plastic, the plastic mag. Obviously, plastic's not as strong as steel, so you've got to run more bulk to yep. get the same rigidity or mm. the same required rigidity. Yeah. Um. So they're a bit. The internal dimensions are a bit smaller. Um. But for factory six five cream, it just goes straight yep. in. It's not an issue. See, I've got a good example of. So I, Hotapu, um, a guy shooting six point five KRC, <laughs> um, asked me to to bring down a steel mag for him. Mm-hmm which he purchased off me. Um, so I brought it down. I didn't realize he was shooting 6.5 PRC. Otherwise, I would have looked it up. Um, and he didn't know to look it up. Um, but I just brought down the standard one, which has the binder plate, mm-hmm. which is just that millimeter too short for the for the PRC. And not only that, when we did get him a one without a binder plate in the end, um, which was way later, he, ended, he had a three-round mag that he, that he did the comp with. Um, it's only five or six rounds of the PRC, so on a ten round mag, so yeah. you'd want a couple. Yeah, so doing that research before you get somewhere on the day and you've got no other alternatives yeah. really pays. So the PRC can be run in a short, short action with a magnum bolt face. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't really know that. It opens up worlds. Yeah. Mag capacity is the problem. Yeah. She's yeah. A, she's a fat round. Yeah. So I think the. Well, but then, then again, for like for me, if I'm, I want to stay in in a short action. It's it's primarily for competition use. Mm. Yeah. And so I don't actually, how I see it, I don't need that extra power. Although I did see Ian from Hardy was one of the the prototype just before they released the, um, the Hardy hybrid. It was like the week before he had it up here at the first RT Longwest Challenge and. At the, t- at the time, it seems to have faded away, but everyone was super paranoid about carbon fiber barrels yep. walking. They're like, oh my God, you can't do it, you can't do this. It'll three shots and it's going to move like a pencil barrel. And I watched him pump 10 rounds, uh, like it was approximately a thousand meter shot, mm. not a particular target. He just pumped 10 rounds onto this target with PRC <laughs> and, and a cut. So it's a hot, it's a, what I'd consider a Magnum 6.5. Yeah. So it's hot and it worked. And I was like, yeah. I don't mind carbon fiber barrels. <laughs> yeah, because because everyone and it seemed to just to be honest, it was actually probably around the time that that rock came out. It seemed to disappear, this paranoia. Now everyone's like, oh, really want carbon fiber barrel. It's super cool. And, yeah. Um, I think there were some legitimate bad experiences prior to that period of time. Well, they're still being developed too. Yeah, to exactly. Yeah, like any technology. Um, yeah, but they were they were aimed at weight saving overall. Yes. Like, Versus, uh, so you don't taking a pencil barrel. 
type, you know, three rounds and it's walking all over the show. And giving it rigidity. And doing that with a carbon fibre one. Whereas if you do it a carbon fibre in a more competition type barrel, you, you're going to get more rigidity. I think stuff I've seen on heat, there's not a lot to be gained from the heat dispersion or speed to cool down sort of stuff mm. over yep. fluted or different types, heavier barrels. But if I, if I was, so I. If I was rebarreling for competition use, where I'm going to be doing ten round strings, maybe fifteen in like an unlimited round count, where I'm just mm. missing heaps, <laughs> um, I wouldn't go carbon fiber because the, the the weight issue is not really there for competition. And yeah, that well, you wouldn't mind a bit of extra weight to keep you on target. Yeah, within speaking. reason. Yeah, but like if, if a carbon hunting barrel, interesting. Yeah. Um, or or a, a, a rifle for hunter style events. Yeah. The we, classic. One rifle to rule them all. I can't do that. Your hybrid no. for hunting. If I had one gun, yeah. I don't think I'd have many people interested in what stuff I was putting up. It's like here I am shooting my two to three on Wednesday. If it was a Blazer R eight on Friday, no, I'm sorry, I'm, no. I don't particularly like how Blazers look. They're really accurate, and I don't cheap, want to pay cheap, like cheap too. Cheap, yeah. The twenty, what's the twenty two conversion worth? Like two thousand dollars. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, anyway, um, yeah, I don't. One rifle doesn't work for me. Um, and I'm well, like, no, but that's where a lot of that carbon fiber stuff's come in. Is, Switch is out that though. whole, yeah, well, where you can have a very a light barrel regardless, and a gun that can do double duty as a as a competition type or longer range gun. Yeah, well, some of those I've not shot them myself, but I've handled them the, the Hardy hybrids. Um, yeah, guys having six five and three hundred PRC. Yeah, you know, no, um, all comes in the kit. It's pretty cool. Which brings uh, us to our cartridge of the week. Cat, what's the cartridge of the week? This is a, this is a, the uh, patent pending panel, cartridge. Panel of the week. question of the week is three hundred PRC. Will it fly or will it die? I believe it will catch on. Everyone now, everyone gets this thing, and they, oh, it's all about marketing. It's all about marketing. Mm. Everything's about marketing. Yeah. Do you know why? Do you know why companies make stuff to sell it to us plebs to make money? They don't really care if we enjoy ourselves or how well we kill our animals. They want to make money. That's just business, right? You're a businessman. You're a businessman. Mm-hmm. I'm an average employee, so it's you know it's that's that. So it's but what it is, it's allowing shooters an easier option to get extended results. So yeah. six five Creedmoor. When you say easier, I think you mean cheaper. Che- yeah, which yeah, easier, let, easier to achieve. I mean, certainly, if you improve the experience of the average shooter, you're going to sell more. Yeah. Yeah. So so six everyone's like six five Creedmoor is a fad. You got a man bun on your head, all that dumb stuff that some people still make the jokes about, even but though for very long range, it's, it's an old joke. Be that joke it. can die now. It can die, and but I just look at results, and when I shoot a lot of the North Island comps, and when like half of the top ten are always like derivatives or six five Creedmoor, I'm yeah. like, meh, maybe it's good. Yeah. Um, so it's again good factory ammo selection, and it's accurate, and like, I'm reasonably confident in most six five Creedmoors. I can put Hornaday match in it, and it's gonna perform. Yep. good enough so that's that's a big plus right and lower recoil righty righty right and then heaps of um support because can't segue back to 6.5 <laughs> no, I'm, get, I'm getting i'm getting there get anyway and then so they come out with um 300 prc the 65 prc but 300 prc mm. so targeting that thousand meter plus shooting which is becoming more yep. popular yep. <clears throat> and then people going well why don't you just use a 300 win back mm. it's like you can but your factory ammo selection is average. Funny enough, Hornaday, Hornaday do extremely good match, yeah. and and um, and precision hunter ammo. 
But again, they want to make money. Mm. And they can't just sell three and one mag every year. They want a, something new that people buy. Heap of people buy. Yeah. So they make the PRC. It's getting good support. And the, I, the, a lot of the, the sort of rifles being offered now are more tailored to yeah. longer range shooting. So I think it'll stick around for at least a while. I think so. And cartridges like the 300 Win Mag, 300 Norm Mag, 300 PRC, um, they get you into the cusp of shooting really long range before you have to start building something custom yeah. or buying stupidly expensive ammo. Yeah. I mean, stupidly expensive. Woo! 300 Norm Mag, I think. It hasn't really taken off that much, and there were. I, I remember on Ryan Klegner's podcast, I think it was, was talking about some. Um, Pretty good podcast, not quite as good as this. Not one. quite as good. Oh, okay. yeah. it's, it's right, he probably right. didn't shoot a hundred picks though. <laughs> <it's not laughs> sure. um, but I, I think I remember him talking about military applications for it and powder cramping or um, powder angle. Yeah. And blah blah blah. Anyway, um, and around that time, this maybe a year and a half ago. 300 PRC was adopted by um, some agencies uh, within the military, um, branches of the military. But Norm Mag has as well, though, isn't it? So yeah, and, they've, done, and they've also done a machine yeah. gun for a, with it. Yeah, yeah, for a, basically a medium machine gun. Yeah. yeah, but some some were switching from 300 Norm Mag to 300 PRC yeah. because of uh, reliability and stab- um, temperature stability and powder stability, etc. Yeah. Um, but yeah, take into account all the really technical good things it's got going on for it, plus all the marketing, plus the drive to longer and longer range shooting because all of our equipment's getting us there now. Yeah. That's the challenge. That's yeah. the frontier. Yeah, scopes and ballistic apps make yeah. it easy. And, and I think it's, 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 a, it's a sweet spot for it. The Brad Emrad basically they immediately came out with a PRC kit for it. You know, the 300 PRC. So yeah, mainly because they were supplying that also yeah. as a huge contract. But there's another side like ten. So social media. Ten years ago, you found like Facebook wasn't. I didn't even know it was back then. Um, I, like I'd lose a cell phone, I just wouldn't have one for six months back then. It didn't matter. So this sort of stuff. So you got information through gun magazines, especially mm. all the way down here in New Zealand. Yeah, forums. <laughs> Remember those clunky things? Penthouse forum. Oh no, we're back there again. Yeah, different different type of. Okay. They're more meat pistols. Got it. But yeah. But you know, but so now, right? So you put in a, a gun and they like they put an ad in a magazine. That's what yeah. you'd get. It wouldn't be on TV. And so you'd see the this this whatever you know this. 308 or whatever gun they're peddling. Now, you sort of consume the media you want to consume, but now they can put out a video, usually through um, social media influences. Yeah. Here is this rifle performing. It could be edited, whatever, but you see these people shooting it, and you you actually, I don't know, you get something a bit more than what you used to get where you had no information. Yeah. You'd, 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 buy, a, a you'd buy a manual or whatever. Now, like... You can Google 6.5 Creed, but there'd probably be a million videos on YouTube about it. Probably over a million videos. There's even some of me shooting 6.5 Creed more on YouTube. Very few views. <laughs> but yeah, I think so. Now, when they do come what up... monetizing for you, I think you need over 100,000 to get monetized. <laughs> I don't know. I'm only like... Um, 999,000. Well, the goal is to get bought for 100 million by Spotify. So yeah, we're not quite there not yet. Quite we'll settle Just for keep it. Keep it under us. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. People still are But yeah, so the, I think the, how we pres- how we learn about cartridges is different now. Yep. Um, uh, because we don't we don't consume it through traditional media, which would have never shown anything like that. Now you're like, oh, I want to look up this gun, and you can spend a day and learn everything about it that you'd never learn 
Yeah. Back uh, in the old days. We've also reached, uh, from a manufacturing and engineering perspective, we've reached, um, I mean, couldn't say a peak because we don't know what's ahead of us, but... Mm. Golden age. Yeah, we have reached the golden age. Well, it's definitely better than it was last year and the year mm. before. <laughs> no, great, that's a lot better yeah. than that. Oh, Come it is. No, you look at the golden age. Yeah. I mean, that, that's that's the thing. If, if you buy, if you invest in a cartridge that you, you know, and you're worried about it becoming obscure and obsolete, <coughs> Valkyrie. It's pretty not. That probably will. <coughs> um, We've got dies now. It's fine. It's but probably an AR-15. Oh, obsolete oh, AR-15s. Oh, too soon. But. <laughs> Nowadays, you can still be pretty reliably able to, to to get brass. That's maybe the parent case to, to get it for you know. Yeah. You yeah. can do all that stuff yourself. Mm. I um, can I can get a lot of trouble. I can get eight millimeter label brass in New Zealand. Yeah. Brand new new production eight millimeter label. This little one, like the first smokeless cartridge, yeah, right? But we're talking about optimized. No, really good. I know. I know. <laughs> but, but what I'm saying is that's. I'm a bit worried about it going out of favour. It's a hundred. So Forty you've years old, being yeah. a <laughs> but you can get those. Like, you're still gonna so a Valk, Valkyrie, it, it, like it's probably not gonna catch on here, especially without the AR. You'll still be able to get componentry. It runs a standard projectile size. You'll be able to buy in brass. Yeah, it might cost a little bit more, but so so that sort of stuff not the end of like six point eight SPC. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, SPC. Yeah, like you can still if you look, you can still find stuff for it. But generally speaking, it's kind of dead. Is there any bolt gun offerings in it? Don't think so. Yeah, I've never shot one. Yeah, I'm not advocating anyone buying it. I'm just saying, as an example. No, it's still yeah. got. I mean, I know definitely stateside it's got a following, and you know it was developed as a. Um, Is it what's it, the new Fury's going to give it? It was put forward as a um, harder hitting alternative to 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 five five six. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, like the six. It, it will have its proponents, but yeah. largely it's been outclassed. I think. Um, by what the Grendels and by Grendel, yeah, pro- probably Valkyrie, but then Valkyrie's going the same way. Valkyrie seems reasonably popular, just yeah. from what I see, and it's, it's too new to know. But yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, but, I guess everyone's got a memories of the 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 rash of wisms that came in, mm. and out of all those, what two? I mean, one one particularly three hundred survived pretty well, but maybe. 270 was it? Yeah, 270 was it? You still have factory rifles. Take it, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not what I'd buy. I'd buy the 300 over the 270. Yeah. Purely on projectile. No, just projectile. It's called 270. No, I like 270. That's, but that's projectile choice. If it was a 7mm wisdom, I'd, I'd probably still do it. Yes. Although the 145 ELDX has an OKBC. Okay yeah. But I mean, that's only happening like kind of now. Yeah. It's catching up. Yeah, and, and we, we that's what we used in the 270,000 meter um, budget build, and it performed. I shot plenty of animals with it. I shot it out to a K with a t- terrible scope. Like he was spotting through a brand new NX eight, and then I was like, "I have a shot with a two seventy. And he said, "It's like looking through a drain pipe full of water." That's what he told me. <laughs> it was blurry. It yeah. was actually, to be honest, it actually broke the scope. There's something rattling inside of it now. Ah, uh, so the budget bill died. Yeah, the budget bill's done. It was never going. It was never going to be my new like precision long range rifle. Yeah. And like, so the budget bill. Okay. I think we've just pulled okay. back the curtain a bit and revealed yeah, that the budget yeah. bill didn't quite make it. No. But the budget bill worked. But you it, just got to buy a scope every month. Well, I want, if you remember, so in becomes, the last... <laughs> it has a monthly subscription. Yeah, it's budget bill plus a new scope every month. <clears throat> so the budget bill, the, the end of the project was transferring... I didn't know the scope had broken. I just took it off and I was like, why is there bits moving? Um, it went to a VX1 
and I, I I went through the as we talked earlier the, the using a BDC and varying your magnification to achieve results at further distance. So further you shoot, less magnification and all that. So it did get changed out. Um, I, the VX one was better than the Cytron. It was. Yeah. It was a Cytron SIH TAC four to twelve. It was never intended to be shot that far. Um, yeah, yeah, I was just trying to stick to a price point because I bought it for two hundred fifty dollars or two hundred dollars or something. Um, but as we get to the, we we're talking about wisms anyway. Yes. So what other ones were offered? So was seven mil a factory offering? Seven mil wisdom? Yep. I can't remember. That was. Yeah. yeah. When was this? When was the wisdom crap? Uh early two thousands. What was I doing then? Primary school. Okay, so I probably wasn't that interested. In it. <laughs> From memory. <laughs> From memory. Don't you? Um, no, there, I, oh, I can't off the top of my head remember how many of there were, but there was certainly a number of them. Okay, so I just yeah. remembered how we got the subject. There was the, even a three three eight. The cartridge of the podcast. Yeah. 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 Oh, three three eight was them. Yeah. Yeah. The, I, I think Corey. <laughs> I think Corey runs that too. Funnily enough, <laughs> and the symbol. Um, the the cartridge of the podcast thing, three hundred PSE. I think it will last. Yeah. At least another few years. Um. I'm starting to see a few around. I was more interested in forever, but that's yeah. fine. Are you going to buy? I, I am. Howard is bringing one in. I yeah, told yeah. September, we'll see. Yeah. I probably will get one, maybe. Um, My indicator is, I, I did post early on about it, mm. and people are like, you're, stuff, you're, there's stuff that does it already. Yeah, I'm no. just doing my early adopter <laughs> post, and then all of a sudden I've, I've noticed some of those people have suddenly ordered, uh, you know, or posted they're waiting for... They're 300 PRC. This oh, hey, I know, I've got, I know people who who bagged the heck out of Creedmoor, told people not to buy Creedmoor, and then bought Creedmoor themselves. Yeah. 6.5. And, and that's that's where we are with the, the, the PRC, I reckon. But I, th- I, think it's, I think it's like anything. So is that the popularity of the 6.5 and the Creedmoor? So, so like the 300... You can buy it without feeling bad. No, I think you you got you slag the heck out of it, buy it, and don't tell anyone. <laughs> I think even though 300 Win Mag will give very similar performance to 300 PRC. Very think, similar. It's... I, I think I even got a little bit more compared to PRC that I shot against a little while ago. Anyway, yeah. but they're neck and neck. Yeah, thereabouts. Um, but it's kind of, perception-wise, it's like the 308 to the 6.5 Creedmoor. It's an old cartridge. It's not new. It's not exciting. It's not it's developed. Belted. It's not optimised. It's belted. Can it fire 225 and grain yeah. cartridges? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, two, yeah, yeah two, 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 I shot 225. Yeah. Oh, they're my leftover projectiles I gave you once yeah. to, to try them. Yeah. Um, Standard barrels. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. One in 10. I mean, I'm really push. That is the upper limit yeah, of yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't think you do stability wise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're working good. Yeah. And they, they hit like a hammer. Yes. You know, so it's um compared to the six five Creedmoor in a mile, the two Creedmoor leaves a little chip in the paint, but um. So this is another um, question on this thing. So, is there a bit of a general thing with say the average the popular you know people who buy ammo or for standard factory rifles, is speed overly looked at? So overly valued. Yeah, overly valued, like yeah. the hundred and fifty grain three hundred mag rounds or hundred and sixty yeah. That, well that's that's versus that's, say a two hundred grain one which is gonna give you Well that's yeah, a lot of is less but down the road it's got a lot more Yeah, value, so it? yeah it starts off faster yeah. but ends up slower due, due to poor ballistic coefficient. Yeah. I think kind of middle of the road advice is I mean there's some proponents of speed, speed kills, blah blah blah. Mm. Varmint style whatever. stuff. Yeah. yeah. But so good kind of middle of the road advice that I've been given before is shoot the highest heaviest the heaviest highest BC thing that your barrel will stabilize. Mm. Right. And and you if you, if you, you want long range results, yeah. I'd I'd do the same. But um results at all ranges basically. 
Yes. So, so, no, so it's out to a K. My, my general mm. thing was thinking that people just look at speed. Yeah. As, as an overly way that. In their but but if you can get that heavy high BC and speed. Yeah. Then you. Within within reason, like not not stupid also, pressure. You've got recoil as well in there as yes, well. Yes, or so. use that straining your brass and yeah. stretching primer pockets like I've been doing. So it's it's. It's probably a topic for another time, but the speed scene seems to, as soon as you go into heavy projectiles, <clears throat> getting much above three is not common. Three's a lot. I know. Hey. I know it's a lot, but I'm just, you know, a lot. Like, of, like we were talking about. All your 300 PRCs, uh, your 65 PRCs, all those out of factory <laughs> loads are, are all in the two the two nines mm, mm. heading to three, if you're lucky. So, yeah, not three, three, or like a 6.5 would be Magnum or something. You know? Yeah. Yeah. But I think that's where you were saying the PRC. So three hundred mag, most of your factory offerings are a sort of hunting orientated, lighter projectiles. Um, like I think when I got mine, I talked about my three hundred mag. I was, I was buying like Winchester. It was like a, it was like a silver deer season. I don't know what it was. Silver yeah. box. Uh, Super, Super X. X. Super, Super X. X. Super X. Yeah. yeah um, it was like a hundred fifty gram projectile. Mm. I don't know how fast. Deer season's going. the new stuff. That stuff looks cool. Is it? Is it the fancy tip that comes up? Yeah. Right yeah. My neighbour runs it. It's two seventy weird anyway because he runs a 270 meter zero that browning ammo has got the same sort of big tip on them yeah, when the yeah. browning ammo we get i watched that shoot things today and i was pretty impressed yeah yeah like dead animals albeit we were close like we went a long way away and i'm yeah. and close close for the average joe was still close i'm mm. um, so well, 130 meters on the goats yeah and yeah. then um the those pigs yeah. yeah well that's the other thing that's changed a lot is that the actual the projectile technology has massive compared to what it was. I mean, in terms of what they've worked out, the whole Doppler radar and all that sort of thing. The amount of money that Hornaday spend yeah, on yeah. testing their projectiles downrange yeah. is incredible. Um, yeah, you've got like Berger now, yeah. um, Sierra, um, Hornaday will probably be your main big three. I can think of off the top of my head. They just mm. pump out and there's new stuff all the time. And yeah. like the ATIPS, I'm using ATIPS, you guys seen it today. I got third third round impact in a mile or the fourth round fourth round to try to sell myself value for money (laughs) value for money they're expensive but for that long range stuff yeah no the retail can I have an eight please yes you can an eight you can have one swap your American gun around fully (laughs) with the primer the powder and everything but so so like that how good that I'm I'm getting good extremely good results and extremely consistent and that could be partially I've stumbled upon a really good load but I don't think I need that good of a projectile for precision rifle competition out yeah. to a K. And ELDM is still a fantastic projectile. Yeah. Just because there's a new model doesn't mean the old model doesn't work anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, again, the BC's better, um, and they offer some different weights. We look at the projectiles we picked up out of the mile that were fully intact. What, well, that's with the, polymer tips. That's the thing. So they brought in the, the, the ELDs. Yeah. With the poly, uh, you know, because the the old tips were supposedly melting, and then pe- I remember <laughs> they people sold us a problem that didn't exist. <laughs> and then people and then people were going, well, how do we know the new ones aren't melting? It mm. could be bullshit. We've been digging them out, and they Completely look intact. exceptional. There's yeah. no <clears throat> heat discoloration on the the so polymer. Trade me, <clears throat> once fired. Do you reckon I can get a dollar for a fired A tip? Probably still be worth it. <laughs> Half price. I think that's why you were digging around over there. I can't find the A tips. So. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I like, would be interested to, to reload some of those. There's no reason you couldn't. Yeah. It'd probably if you really lucked out there, the the rifle rifling would engage at well, the exact come, same point. 
They can carry rifles. You can use yeah, a yeah. bore. Yeah, yeah, double reason. True. <laughs> but yeah, Sabo round. So, so these companies are building better and better projectiles. Mm. Um, again, for practical field shooting or pura style shooting, I, I don't think you need a gun that shoots a pinky fingernail group. No. You can, cool, but there's obstacles put in place to make the shooting harder, which is going to throw that out the window in regards to it helping you, in my opinion. Um, so I don't think I'll run the A-tips in a practical field shooting. They're just for this playing around. Yeah, when you want to push yourself out. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, what so you're saying is you've got gorse in your pockets. And, and you <clears> they're $200 a box. <laughs> no, no. no, 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 no. <laughs> okay. And that's um, a box of how many? A hundred. But yeah. you get you get a really big box. And a bag. To, and a, and to a sweet little bag. Do you want, I've got a few of them. You can have one if you're a little oh, boy. Uh, I don't great. know what you can, you can polish your LDMs in it, but... It's bit. cool, and you get the. Ex- it's it's a pretty neat um setup. It's a premium experience. Right? Yeah, and they're, they're, they're sequentially numbered, which doesn't bother me. I think we need small bags to take a ride, don't we? No bigger than a grapefruit. Oh, grapefruit. So yeah, yeah, you could fill it up and use it as your rear bag. I think that could be the tagline. Yeah. For, for the podcast, no bigger than a grapefruit. <laughs> <laughs> no bigger than a grapefruit. <laughs> no bigger than a grapefruit. <laughs> but yeah, but so I think Simon says. Simon says no bigger than a grapefruit. That's a good rule. Yeah, that's a good rule. Um. But yeah, I so say I don't think you need to go too hardcore in your particular shoot for this kind of shooting. Yeah. But so the goal with the Creedmoor is to get to two kilometres. Uh, it's going to take either an adjustable base or a new scope setup. Um, and Mark has to we're going to go build a whole new position to do it on because we're going to have to shoot on a different direction. But um, that's the goal. That'll be with the A tips. Um, I probably do it with the M's, I guess. But the A tips are working good. But again, yeah. I can't. I don't like term justify um for things but i won't be using those for day-to-day shooting no if you're flicking them out extreme range you make sense to probably try and take that advantage you can so yeah Yeah, and and i've just stumbled upon a really good load when i say stumble i put a lot of work in but i don't don't want to redevelop it all yeah because like what i what i might spend redeveloping a load um might be what i save just buying a tips you know, like I could just spend a little bit extra and save that money because <clears throat> this won't be an ongoing, like two Ks. Fire twice as many rounds. Two point five Ks. Yeah. So like, once I get to two, if I can get to two, I should say, with some degree of consistency, then it's gonna be a bigger rifle. Yeah. Because um, if if need be, we can push out to three K, two point five, three K, one day if we build guns big enough or yeah. develop skills good enough. Um, and again, we're going to be shooting like. So, what are the contenders for that? Realistically, three straight level poor magnum budget wise, because mm-hmm. again, I, I, I don't, I don't do this for a job. For those of you who think I do, I pay for all of this out of pocket, um, and so I, I work full time. So, three straight level poor magnum will be the cost effective way, yeah. um, and I, obviously, our Australian friends show it can be done. But there are a few leagues ahead of us for sure. We're stoked to get on in a mile, and they do that with a two to three or something. But um, I'd like maybe something four one six, a fifty is a possibility. But ballistically, that's probably not the way to go. I don't think. But it will be cool. But it, it, it's a, a huge investment, like a minimum of like ten to twelve thousand dollars. Yeah. What I want to do. So that's where three three eight could be right. Because I'm sure we can start a GoFundMe for you. Yeah. I tell you, or I just blood your three three eight. True. See, I I would buy one of those, but two of my friends own them, and I can't copy my friends. But that, well, if you're gonna build one, go for a little bit longer barrel. 
Yeah. What yours got? 30 inch barrel? 28 inch barrel? No. Yeah, 26. 26. 26. Yeah. That's such a big gun. That's mm. so I can use it in the bush. <laughs> <laughs> it's his everyday carry. It's for sure. everyday gun. EDC. Yeah. yeah. You, you, I've got Truck pictures of, of us lying behind it and the gun's as big as the person I'm like. It's a massive gun. Hey, I'm not a dwarf. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, I don't know. And the, the trouble with... Uh, you could probably build something through... Um, who, who builds all the F-plus guns? Barnard? Yeah, Barnard. Um, but it's a lot of money. Mm. It's a lot of money. Sexy action, but... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And they do those, like... They do, yeah. do they do the dolphin chassis or something? They look cool. Is it... Is it... Oh, who does that? I think they build them in-house, do they? The big oh. chassis? I, yeah. I couldn't tell you. I've never dealt with them. I've yeah. never shot one of their rifles. Because mm-hmm. um, it's not... They're not really in the... They're not really in the... Yeah, circle. Out the there, calling out. Yeah, if you have one, I'll shoot it. If anyone knows. Um, but they're not... And, and, and the precision style field shooting, they're not what you see. Um, like you see more factory-based stuff or semi-custom. So... But that, that's an option. But again, it's a frick load of money. And if we make a bunch of content... I don't make any money off making content. Like it's, yeah. it's just literally it's it's a big hole in the ground we shovel money into, <laughs> and we get like if we're lucky we get hundred fifty likes on a post. I'm like man that performed well, but it gives you nothing whatsoever. So it's um, what? Well, but that's a hopefully goal. Hopefully grows the New Zealand shooting community. Oh yeah, it's fun. Yeah. And like I met you guys because of this stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean. So I don't have to hang out with my weird friends from high school anymore. <laughs> so I hang out with we're in a cabin in the middle of nowhere. It's great. But, um, yeah, it's a step up. <laughs> Failing lights and stuff. Um, but yeah, I, it's, it's something I'd like to do. I lost interest in extreme long range for a while. I sort of concentrated on sub 1,000 metres practical distances. <clears throat> distances. But uh, it's piquing my interest again. Now that we um, we spent a bit of time fixing up the one mile, we rebuilt yep. the position. And it's, God, it has made it, I'm not going to say easy, but it has made spotting significantly better yeah. um, well even just little changes like even flying drone out there yeah to film yeah. the 4k close to the target so you yeah. well the first long range challenge we couldn't i have my 284 that shot that 1277 meter target mm. got a few hits on blah 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 um, three three hits yeah three don't say chef short <laughs> it was good it was good i enjoyed that um but we we could not see a damn thing on the mile and no one had it was completely clean no um and, but we knew we had good data, we were, we were doing well. I mean, it was windy, we mm. just didn't know where it was going. Yeah, but I think for, for most people that, like you should, for, if conditions aren't bad, pretty well predict you're going to be on at five, six, seven, eight hundred metres, right? It's not that hard with the gear and the data we've got in the apps now, and, and the and the practice. Yeah. But like a mile, it's not always that simple. Like we were shooting this afternoon, we shot, my first round I had real good results, got three three hits pretty easy yeah um with uh maybe four or five misses and then we stopped mucked around uh both of us and then for maybe half an hour shot again and we had no wind where we were but our shot moved yeah well, wind had shifted a cool down there was shadow on, on yeah half of the target. so we moved over like yeah. several meters mm. like height was fine um but it felt the same whereas most shots at six seven hundred meters wouldn't you wouldn't yeah, even think too much about it but because we're, we're shooting over the whole width of the farm um well and generally you'd think the weather hadn't changed a lot it didn't no it, it felt like it had improved pretty good pretty good conditions but yeah. it was that wandering around that it created it's just uh yeah made it very difficult yeah 
but but I mean then luckily the berms um we've got a little bit of width to it so we're able yes. to spot it <clears throat> until the shadow crept in and that uh made things hard. I know I'm the guest, but I've got the benefit of seeing the recording. How's our time, time looking? Um, so chopping out the first bit and bit where the lights fail, it would probably just over an hour. Perfect. All right, we might as well wrap it up then. That would seem relatively good. Yeah. All right. You never know. There might be another one. There might be none. We might never come up with a name. Help Graham come up with a name. That's Help come up with a name. That's there the will spirit. be a prize. It won't be a good prize if you come up with a name. Um, you might get a, um, a Howard hat from Outdoor Sports. So um, thanks for listening or watching. We don't know where this is going to end up, on what platforms. Um, some will listen, some will watch video and listen. Um, I'd probably just listen to the audio <laughs> so you don't have to stare at us and watch our light, lights fail. Um, yeah. But we might do another one in a month or so. Um, you might see Jeff occasionally as he comes down and hangs out because yeah. it's not too far of a drive. And yeah, Mark's going to be a semi-regular co-host in our outdoors bushwhacker studio we should we should actually we talked about all the guns like sitting there oh, awesome. we were on video we should pick them up and yeah people. there's some guns anyway but um we'll do that more yeah but we might have some props um but yeah. again if it's if it's audio based it probably doesn't make much sense yeah but yeah all right anyway thanks for uh listening or watching and you might see it again one day yeah cheers thank you yeah over and out